You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. God's Word, and I become a great big tick because I'm full of God's Word, and I just go out, and I come back and get some more. I just get some more, and I never give it out. I never do anything about it. I never serve. I never do this. I never tell anybody about Jesus and all this kind of stuff. We're comfortable. Why shouldn't we be? The Lord said He would be back. That was over 2,000 years ago. If He hasn't come by now, He must not be coming. I got time. Let's just kind of sit around. There's a comfortability in the church that scares me. Whether we care to admit it or not, many of us struggle with complacency in our various areas of life. Perhaps the most dangerous of these areas is none other than our faith. In today's message, Pastor Dave will encourage you to reflect on the state of your own walk and where you're at with your commitment to sharing with the lost. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Judges chapter 15. As he continues his message, the flickering light begins to fail. You are We could suppose, and we did this last week, what if Samson had been obedient to God? Just think how much more he could have accomplished. Verse 7, since you would not do a thing like that, I will surely revenge on you, you know? <laughs> my mind, now again, you got to remember my mind. When I read this, I immediately thought of Sonny and the Godfather. They hit me, so I hit them. It's as easy as that. They hit me, I hit them. That's what he says. You guys coming to me, I'm coming after you. Samson's response was out of revenge. I will not stop until I have my revenge. What does the scripture say? Who does revenge belong to? The Lord, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. I will repay. But sometimes we take matters in our own hands and then... When we take matters in our own hands, who does the Lord have to deal with first? Yeah, us. Us. He has to deal with us first. When we take matters in our own hands and do something that he was going to do, he's going to say, okay, now I have to deal with you before I can deal with this. We're not told how many Philistines Samson killed that day. We don't even know what kind of a weapon he used. Did he use his bare hands? We don't know. He was a hot dude. After that, he goes and he hides in a cave. He goes and he hides in a cave. So he was fearful. Now we're going to read through the rest of the chapter and then we're going to go back and hit a few things. But So let's read. Now, the beginning of verse 9. Now the Philistines went up and camped in Judah and deployed themselves against Lehi. And the men of Judah said, Why have you come up against us? So they answered, we have come up to arrest Samson. Do to him as he has done to us. There we go. That same thing. You do to me, I'll do to you. Then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock of Etham and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? What is this that you have done to us? And he said to them, As they did to me, so I have done to them. 
But they said to him, We have come down to arrest you, that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. Then Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves. So they spoke to him, saying, No, but we will tie you securely and deliver you into their hand. But we will surely not kill you. And they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. When he came to that town, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire, and his bonds broke loose from his hands. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand and took it, and killed a thousand men with it. And Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. And so it was, when he had finished speaking, that he threw the jawbone from his hand, and called the place Ramnath Lehi. Then he became very thirsty. So he cried out to the Lord and said, You have given me this great deliverance by the hand of your servant. Now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? So God split the hollow place that is in Lehi, and water came out, and he drank, and his spirit returned, and he revived. Therefore he called his name En Hakor, which is in Lehi this day. And he judged Israel 20 years in the day of the Philistines. This is crazy. He's hiding. The Philistines go up and they start attacking Judah. They're attacking Judah out of revenge for Samson. And 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 Judah says, what are you doing? Why are you here? Well, we're going to take you out because we want Samson. The only time... An army ever gets together in this scene is when they come against one of their own kind. Samson can't get an army together. Remember, he was a loner. In verse 11, we see Samson's defense. They came against me, so I went against them. The tribe of Judah gets involved. Instead of seeing Samson as their deliverer, they saw him as a troublemaker. I don't know why this thought came to me, but you know, it's really difficult to lead when no one follows difficult to be a leader when no one follows you. Samson was a loner, but he was not an organizer of people. He didn't tell the people to trust in God and allow God to be their deliverer, allow God to heal them and take with his impression. No, Samson preferred to fight it out alone as though it was his private feud, as though it was his private time to get against God. Samson could have been forceful and then maybe he would have aroused the people against, against the army. Trouble was, and this is the big problem, the rest of the nation was comfortable. The rest of the nation was comfortable. And I see this in the church today. We talked about being stagnant. Remember on Sunday we talked about being stagnant? I see this in church today. It's a comfortability. I come to church. I sit down. I gloat on God's word and I become a great big tick because I'm full of God's word and I just go out and I come back and get some more. I just get some more. And I never give it out. I never do anything about it. I never serve. I never do this. I never tell anybody about Jesus and all this kind of stuff. We're comfortable. Why shouldn't we be? The Lord said he would be back. That was over 2,000 years ago. If he hasn't come by now, he must not be coming. I got time. Let's just kind of sit around. There's a comfortability in the church that scares me. There's not an urgency in the church. 
There's no urgency in the church to have other people say, oh, we pray for them, which is a lot great to do, and we need to pray for them. But there's no urgency. I don't see an urgency. In the book of Acts, I see urgency. They expect the Lord back at any day. They thought he would come back. There was an urgency there. Let's not ruffle any feathers. Let's not ruffle any feathers. We're comfortable in today's society because you know what? We fit in. Because you know what? If we make noise, oh, they'll come and get us. If we stand up for righteousness, oh, they may hurt us. We're complacent. I see that all the time. I don't want to be complacent. Maybe it's my fault. I don't want to be complacent. I don't want this church to be complacent. I want this church to shine the light of Jesus Christ into this community. I want people to know that we love Jesus. And I want people to be drawn to Jesus Christ because they see the love that we have for him and the love that we have for one another. I want people to see that. I want hearts to be touched and hearts to be changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. You want to change social issues? Preach the gospel. The only way social issues are going to change, the only way we're going to stop abortion is by people being saved. Al, you know that. He preaches that. The only way abortion is going to end, the only way we're going to solve all these other social problems in the country, in the world, in this area, in, in Lower Township, is by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the only way things get changed. Did anybody see on Facebook... We're number 10 in heroin deaths. We're number 10 in heroin use. Lower Township, it says right there in this article. Lower Township, that's what it says right there. What a number to be proud of. We want to get people off of drugs. We want to get people off of alcohol dependency. We want to get people to to get out of alternate lifestyles. We want to get people from from doing the things they do. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bring them to the cross. The cross is the only thing that changes lives. It changed yours, I hope. It was the cross. It's the only thing that does it. I see this comfortableness and it drives me crazy. And it's not, believe me, I am not talking about programs. What the church doesn't need is another program. We do not need another program. We do not need another self-help book. We got the best self-help book ever written. We don't need another one. But I know churches who have books, let's use this book and go through this book. Why? We have the book. We have the only book we need right here. Go, Go back into the book of Acts. Go back into the book of Acts and study Every place Paul went and taught the gospel message, things changed. Ephesus. Diana was queen. Diana, the sex goddess, he was queen. After Paul left Ephesus, they tore down the statues. They got rid of all the things they were doing. Why? Because Jesus Christ changes hearts. Every place Paul went. It's the gospel that does it. Not these programs. Just gets me crazy. Complacency will kill us. Complacency will, 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 will dissolve us into nothing. We need leaders who want to lead. When people are stagnant, leaders need to get them moving. We need to get moving. 
I love the fact that we have a prayer time on Sunday night and we have people here. We have to put out more chairs all the time. That just is, that's wonderful. I love it. I want to see what's going to happen because of that. I want to see what happens as we continue to pray. We continue to get together. I love the fact that we have the freedom through Christ going on back there. And what are they doing? They're teaching the word of God. They're setting people free through the word of God. I love the, I like things like that. To get people to know Jesus Christ. That's where things change. We need to be steadfast and movable in the work of the Lord. Samson couldn't do that. Judah became a pawn of the Philistines, the whole tribe, and wanted to help arrest Samson. This is the only time Israel mustered up an army during the entire 40 years of oppression was to get Samson. They didn't try to muster up an army to come against the Philistines because they were comfortable. They were comfortable. Well, they don't bother me. I won't bother them. Samson allowed himself to be rested, hoping to spare the rest of the land. But something happens to Samson once again. And I got to bring you back. Let's go back to chapter 15, verse 14. Something once again happens to Samson. When he came to Lehi, the, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire. And his bonds broke loose with his hands. Once again, he's empowered by the Holy Spirit. He's empowered by the Holy Spirit to do something. The bonds break off. And he picks up a jawbone of a a donkey. And he kills a thousand men. thousand men. At one time, he's just, I, I can't imagine what that looked like. I want to imagine what they did up in sight for sound when that, that happened. It must have been incredible to see. Here's my question. Samson is in a rage. He's, the Holy Spirit is moving mightily through him, giving him power upon power. He picks up this, this jawbone of this Duncan. He starts killing people left and right. All these men from Judah are just standing around going, why didn't they jump in to help? Why did they jump in to help? This is the Church of America, guys. One of our own gets started to get beat up. We go, oh, oh my. We don't jump in to help. We, we don't, we're not there. Too many of us fail to act when we should. We leave our brothers and sisters in the cold. It's maddening. Judah just stood around because they didn't want to get in trouble with the Philistines. God wanted to deliver Israel from the Philistines. Where was their faith? Where was their hope? Where was their want for God to act on this? They were comfortable. Don't get comfortable in your seats, guys, please. Don't get comfortable in your seats. Don't get comfortable. Of all the things Samson is, I find him to be quite clever. Samson's a clever dude. At the wedding, he had a riddle. And after he kills all the people, he becomes a poet. Read verse 16. With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I've slain a thousand men. Quite the poet. After this less than great battle, Samson renames the place. Ramath Lehi, meaning jawbone heights. How about that for a name? Maybe that's where you want to live. I just moved into Jawbone Heights. 
Yeah. Got my house there. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's nice. Nice. Did you ever notice that after a great victory, the Lord brings us back to reality? How many of you had these great mountaintop experiences with the Lord? And all of a sudden you come home. And what's waiting for you at home but all kinds of craziness, trouble and problems, things like that? The Lord has a way of bringing us back to reality. Happened to the disciples. Three of them went up and saw Jesus transfigured. They saw him in his glory with Moses and Elijah. Can you imagine that? They saw this and they were just in awe. That was on the mountaintop. They came down the mountaintop and they couldn't cast out a demon from this kid. They couldn't do it. Went from the mountaintop to the valley and the problems. This is what happens to Samson. After this, he became very thirsty in verse 18. He cries out to the Lord, but is it me or is there some sarcasm in his voice? Is it me or does Samson have an attitude? I'm sorry, but I see an attitude here. You have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant. Now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? It's like, yo, Lord, I did this, but now what's going to happen to me? All I hear from that is I hear those Israelites wandering in the desert against Moses. Have you brought us out here to die too, Moses? Would have been better if we stayed in Egypt eating onions and leeks. Oh, Moses, you brought us here to die. I hear that attitude. Come on, Samson. <laughs> uh, I think that we need to be balanced between triumphs and trials. Because I can go do this freak. For every triumph you have, there's going to be a trial. And during the trial, you'll have a triumph, which will lead you back into a trial. Maybe Samson could have asked God for guidance instead of water. Maybe he could have asked God to help him. How quick are we to cry out when our body is in trouble? And how quick are we to cry out for the inner man? I venture to say that we cry out faster for our body needs than we do for the inner man needs. We cry out much better for our physical than we do for our spiritual. Come on. I know I do. I hurt my finger. Cry out to the Lord instead of crying out to be filled with the Spirit and overflowed with love. See, we're no different than these guys. We're no different than these guys. We can learn a lot from these guys. But remember one thing. Remember your scriptures and bring them to light. When we are weak, that's when he is strong. And we are strong in him. And that is where our strength lies. He cries out. Nice thing about this crying out, he did consider himself God's servant because he calls himself. You have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant. What a great thing to say to God. Thank you, Lord, for this deliverance. You've given it to me by your hand. I recognize that. That was great. If he ended it there, it probably would have been okay. But then he has to get a tune. He has to get an attitude. Fortunately, it didn't happen. He didn't want to fall into the hands of the Philistines. But he didn't know God's plan either. Because that's exactly what happens. He falls into the hands of the Philistines. You know the story. 
Next week is Samson and Delilah. You know the story. I want to end with this. Look how faithful God has been. Look how faithful God has been to Samson, even with all his shortcomings. And man, the list is getting long. Look how faithful God has been. God's plan was to deliver the Israelites from the hands of the Philistines. He has chosen a man to do it. The man's name was Samson. And even though God's hand was upon him, he failed and failed and failed and failed. And God continued and continued and continued and continued to do what God had purposed to do, deliver Israel from the Philistines. You gotta love it. You gotta love God's faithfulness in this. And if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what's going to get you excited. If you can see a man of Samson's stature, a man who obviously was Empowered by the Holy Spirit. Obviously had the Holy Spirit dwelling in him and was filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Several times we read. But yet, he still fell on his face. He still made mistakes. I like Samson more now than I ever liked him. It gives me great hope. It should give us great hope knowing that God's purpose will be accomplished in spite of me, in spite of you. God's purpose will be accomplished. He called the place where he thirsts Color Spring. Many people think that that hollow place, because of the wording here, was actually that jawbone of the donkey, where he got the water from. I'm not so sure that it works because of the wording here. Because of the wording here. 40-year oppression. 40-year oppression. God was delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Again, what would he have done if Samson's heart was totally for him? Would it have taken a shorter time? Would God have done things differently? I don't know. Let's not judge Samson too harshly. Let's not sit on our towers and go, I'm not like Samson. Don't say that. Don't say that at all. Samson judged Israel for 20 years during the time of the Philistines. It says in verse 20, 20 years. A blaze of glory, a beautiful, bright light came into the world. God chose him, and God wanted to use him for his glory. Was there resistance on Samson's part, or was he just ornery? Or just wanted to go his own way and do his own thing? I think a little bit of both. He definitely was prideful. He definitely was lustful. God continues to use him. You are As our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Feel free to read ahead in the book of Judges and find more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. All of Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. You can even subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. 
Find links at our website. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to pray for you as you journey through this life with Jesus. So please let us know how we can do that. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. We're so blessed to be able to share God's Word with you with each new edition of Assure Hope. But we want to encourage you to find a local church to attend regularly as well. Being a part of a body of Christ gives you a place to learn and grow with other imperfect people while providing an outlet for your unique God-given gifts. If you're in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you come by Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Beginning April 12th, we are moving to two services on Sundays, one at 8.30 a.m. and another at 10.30 a.m. Come join us for worship and Bible study, and we do have childcare available. For more information and to get directions, visit assurehoperadio.com. That's assurehoperadio.com. And that brings us to the end of our program for today. Thanks for tuning in to this verse-by-verse study in Judges. And join us again right here on Assure Hope.